You got beer into my bourbon barrel. You got your bourbon into my beer. It's time to talk about the best mix of two things since chocolate and peanut butter. Or peanut butter and jelly. Man, peanut butter goes well with everything. Much like barrel aging your beer. It's time to kick up the ABV and get some oak flavors into what you're drinking. It's time to open up the barrel and see what's inside. So come in and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey. it's been a whole week since we were together in meat space. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, we were. I was up uh, up in your all's neck of the woods for, for a day or three. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Jerry was up in our house. Not literally our oh. house, but he was in Cincinnati. We all went out and had a good time at the Rook, and then over at the 16-bit. Man, Rook was really fun. I, I didn't. I think I'd vaguely heard about it, but actually being in a board game-based bar, I was like, yes. They had a lot of selection I, of games. My people. Yeah. Yeah, and they actually like they sell pretty much all the games they keep there. You don't. I don't think you had to pay to like use the games they had on stock. You just had to sign it out, essentially, so someone was responsible for getting it back. Yeah. Which, I mean, I completely understand that, because you, they have a lot of games that are a lot of pieces, like Risk. Yeah. And, like, Although various said, versions who, of Monopoly. Who's going to come in to drink over a game of Risk? That's how fights happen. I mean... It is a, I mean, bar fight. Hello. I would. I mean, you get a I'm bottle of bourbon whiskey want... and go sit down over a game of Risk, and everyone yeah. pretends like it's World War Two. Do you have four days to fight the Napoleonic Wars in a bar? Because that's what's going to happen. I do. They probably don't. <laughs> They've got to close eventually. Uh, it was a good had, bar. I, I, they had a lot of like cool different games. But they also had. I remember looking up, seeing like there was Monopoly, and I went, "I don't want to play Snowden stuck with my family." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but we do want to play Pugopoly, which that was, was also there. No, and it's just nothing but pugs, adorable pugs all over the board. And I was like, nope, I'm sold. We have to find this. You guys have a problem. We do, though. I we mean, do. That's uh, and that problem extended to today, but that's jumping ahead a little bit. Um, that day we yeah. also were at the 25th anniversary for Listerman Brewing here in Cincinnati. They're like they're the granddaddies of homebrew in Cincinnati, and the brewing scene that sprung back up in Cincinnati because they started the homebrew club where all the big brewers now in Cincinnati learned to brew. Yeah, I hadn't been to Listerman's before. I don't know if I had a whole lot of Listerman's beer, but I got myself a flight while I was down there, and it was delicious. 
Yeah, so we split the two flights, and every, I swear, I don't think there was a bad anything in the mix. Like, everything was perfectly drinkable. Even the things we thought were were possibly going to be bad, or not bad, but we weren't going to like, um, we liked. <laughs> like, I was that, blown away. That, that sh- was it a strawberry gosa? No, strawberry kiwi tart, yeah. Strawberry kiwi tart. Gosa. Yeah. It was a gosa. It was a gosa, yeah. But. I've never, I've yet to have a gosa I liked, except for that one. Oh, it was so good. Uh, it it was practically a palate cleanser. Like if I needed something to get between some of their 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 heavier fare, I was like, "Do a little drink of this, get the taste buds back awake." And it wasn't very tart, considering. Like it, I mean, yeah. you know, most ghosts are known for that, but it really wasn't. It was, I guess, maybe the kiwi probably helped with that a little bit, but it was I, perfect. I found, speaking from the intro about peanut butter, there. Uh, oh God, the nutcase. The Nutcase. That's mm. it. I think it was Harvest in the name somewhere, but it's Nutcase. Oh, my God. That Peanut was good. butter porter. Oh, yeah. such a smoky nuttiness on that porter. Yeah, oh, you it's get a, so good. A, a big rust, roasted nut taste from the beginning and with the smell. And I then, mean, you can tell what it is. The then, peach Nutcase. Oh, I, tasted like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So good. I got to give these guys credit, too, because we were out there a little early waiting in the sun. Uh, some awnings wouldn't hurt, but uh, <laughs> but that said, they still came out. They're like, yeah, it's hot out here, guys. Have some have some complimentary beer on the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was freaking awesome. They came out with pictures of their lemon pound cake. Which, which, tastes, which tastes like it sounds. It tastes <laughs> like lemon pound cake. It is ridiculous. And there's like, oh, no, you guys are out here early waiting, and they just came out with a pitcher and like, we're going to pour you some. Yeah, you guys, not long till the door opens. It's just like, you all are saints. Oh, like it... I would say it rehydrated me, but, you know, it was beer. So, not all that much, but it was still refreshing. Oh, yeah. That was a hot morning. A hot, sunny oh, was, morning. Yeah. Um, but, and it, yeah, it, that was another... And that was one of the few that they had, because they didn't have everything in bottles. They did a special bottle release for some things. We got a few bottles of the lemon pound cake, and then we got a bottle of the Cincinnatus, which yeah. is also what we tried in our flight as well. It's their legendary uh, barrel-aged, fits the theme, uh, barrel-aged stout. They brewed it back in 2014. They've not brewed it since. I guess they keep a large stock on, but this is the first time they've ever sold bottles of it. It's never been bottled and sold before. They had a keg on tap, and as we were going through, we were near the front of the line. They were just like, no, Cincinnati is going to be the first thing to blow today, and we're going to run out. Yeah, no, it was – that was another one that was, like, really good. There was nothing there we had that was bad. Uh, Sorry. It's one of those things, like, I'm I'm thinking, like, man, I have to keep an eye out for Listerman now. Like, that was – Oh, yeah. It's hard to find their stuff. You can only find it in, in Cincinnati. Uh, and, and and a lot, you know, mostly at events, unless you unless you specifically go to the brewery. Whole Foods does have some of their stuff in bottles sometimes, and on like the tap for the growler, but that's that's still it. Otherwise, you pretty much just have to go there. And can we take a second um, and talk about the chacao? As, as oh, I was the just going to bring that up. Yeah, oh. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> oh my god! If there was a heaven for taste bud taste buds, and it took me there. Yeah, that. Oh. What oh. kind? It was like hazelnut, hazelnut. wasn't it? Yeah. Hazelnut. It's a hazelnut ale that is. Oh, I just couldn't help going. Chicka chicka. <laughs> they have vari- They have so many variants on it. Um, occasionally, they do a, a tap takeover of their own 
tap room that's nothing but Chacao and its variants. That's all we'll serve for days on end is Chacao and its variants. It's all Some, so good. Sometimes drinking goes pretty fast. If you don't <laughs> slow it down and uh, take stock every once in a while, you may miss it. Mm. Chacao. <laughs> nice. Bum, we should almost bum. have that as a bumper by itself. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but then after that, we... So yeah, since we've like cut this thing up we like did the whole jury fiction. thing, yeah. there may have there may have been some Kolsch's drink that night to get something refreshing after a very hot day. Okay, yeah. No, I've got a beef to lay down. Okay, I did something bad. You did nothing bad. It was it was all sixteen bit, I think. Yeah. I, I, think you he knows did, where, I know where he's going. You did nothing but good. You were spreading the love of Mad Tree to the gerbs mm-hmm. and Diamond Clubbers. Justin was out there, he was he was spreading the love. It was a hot day. And we didn't know if everyone knew, you know, what would be best that was on tap beer-wise there. Granted, at 16-bit, their cocktails are the reason you're going, because yeah. they're all themed and amazing. They don't have a huge beer selection, really. But he was steering everyone towards the Kolsch, which was, it was Lyft. Good idea. From, uh, from Mad Tree. From yeah. Mad Tree. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple. And there was also the PSA, Proper Session Ale. Mm-hmm. Light, easy drink of beer, good for a really hot day. I'd had a couple at the Rook. It was fine. We got to 16-bit. I had one. Fine. I just had one. I know what it tastes like. It was So we get there. I order my first one. It's fine. A little bit later, I'm getting kind of dehydrated, so I didn't really want to break from what I was doing. I went and got another one because I knew it was refreshing, and it would, I would still be all right if I had it. It hit my tongue, and immediately my tongue evaporated. <laughs> so dry. I could not even handle it. And I was like, and I just, they mistapped it. They had to. Oh, okay. I'm um, convinced they gave you that 50 West they, double IPA. Yeah, there was a 50 West double IPA that Brittany had, and I, she said it was really dry, and this was, it hit your tongue, and there was no moisture left in your mouth. Like, this was an extremely dry beer that I had been, ta- I was looking at the color for it, I was like, this is a little darker than a Session Ale. I was like, this should be really light. And I just, we're all standing around talking, and I just took a drink, and I was like, oh, God. And I just kept drinking, and I was like, this is not the right beer. But they were so busy, there was, you know, going up there and be like, you poured me the wrong beer. I don't, if they did it once, I guarantee they're going to do it again. So I just kind of let it go. But yeah, that, oh, God, it annihilated me. Well, it didn't help that by the end of the night, we were overcharged. Yeah, and then that's another problem that's been happening at 16-bit. I keep getting, my tab keeps getting wrong. They don't give you an itemized tab, so you can't, in the end, call them out on anything. So, it was, um, we had, between the two of us, three beers, and my tab was $30. And I was like, it's not right, but they're so busy. Like, there is a massive line of people piled up around that bar that there's no, like, just the fact that you were able to get your tab, to tab out and leave, is a miracle. Yeah, so they they are pretty slammed. Uh, there's no argument. Casey lost his card there before yeah. because remember back at the bachelor oh, parties. Oh, yeah, because they have the new system where they can swipe in for your tab and they don't have to keep your card. But Casey's card wouldn't swipe, so they had to hold on to it. Well, when he went to pay up and tab out, uh, they they did with I guess with his card there. I don't I don't know exactly what happened in the end, but they kept his card and then we we. He went off in the Uber onto the next place, and we're like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll go get your card. And they didn't have it anymore. They had lost it. Hmm. 
Yeah. Well, right. enough enough sixteen bit shade being thrown. Uh, anything <laughs> else going a, on this week? It's a great place. Um, yeah, actually, we just came back from the big egg, big green egg, big green egg down at Braxton Brewing, which we always talk about because they're our neighborhood brewery. So that was uh, we had a pretty good time down there. They had cook-offs. All the food was free. We didn't realize that until we got there. It's so pretty nice. Yeah, beer infused brats were raining from the sky. They had the beer brats. It's uh, Cincy Beer Brats is actually a brand, and the, the guy was there selling like retail packages of them too. Uh, oddly enough, one of them was with barrel aged beer infused in the brat. <laughs> um, but and then there was a, a and it was all a grilling competition as a thing, and they were all using Big Green Egg, which is like this expensive, high end, super nice, awesome grill. We kind of got to see how it worked a little bit. Like, the inside of it is, like, ceramic, and it's got the smoker thing on the bottom. I mean, it's like a 900-some dollar grill, but... Just trying to figure out, like, how is it different from other grills? Does it not make food hot? It's it's just crazy the way... It's got a little smoker thing, and then that same smoker area also kind of allows you to control the heat. It's, it's Okay. And it's, it's also compact and, and fits in, you know, space as well. It looks like an avocado. It does. It's, it's called Big Green Egg, but let's be it, like in reality, it looks like a flipping avocado. Google it. It's a company out of Northern Kentucky. Uh, they're local because that was kind of another theme of the thing. It was all local. Are they? Yeah. I swear. I remember. Like I heard people in California talking about it. But they're um, just Google Green Big Green Egg. They look like avocados. Yeah, but either way, so um, it was a grilling competition, and everybody was using Big Green Egg. Flip Daddies brought meat. For the slider competition, they all made sliders. Uh, Flip Daddy's is a regional burger chain. Yeah, sorry. And craft beer. Um, and they're, they specialize in having craft beer selection. And then um, since Ebier Brats was there, and then uh, a local tavern brought wings for everybody to grill with. Which were so really stringy and fatty. I was not a fan. Yeah, they were okay, I guess. But so, basically, it was these different teams competing in a grilling thing with the Big Green Egg Grill and with the the meats from other local places, but then they were going to put their own spin on them. So, like, actually, the one who tied for first in the slider competition was Team Braxton, which was, like, Team Innovator Brewer or whatever the hell. But it was Team Braxton, let's be serious. But their sliders had... um, this crazy, amazing sauce mixture had pineapple, bacon, uh, cinnamon, and brown sugar with like some kind of really spicy kick at the end. It was mm. delicious, and they were the only ones also to- toasting the buns. Like they oh. they had this whole elaborate setup on the on the the egg, so it it was really good. And and so they tied for first with some other team. I don't think we got to try their burgers, but it was. I mean, the whole the food all day was fantastic, and we didn't know it was going to be free, and so it kind of just added to it. Really, <laughs> we were just like, so, "Yeah." Please tell me one of you like took a bite, looked at the guy who who made this, and went, "Mmm, that is a tasty burger." <laughs> I wish. No, there was no like you were grabbing your burger and getting the hell out of yeah, the way. Yeah, it was. There was a line. There was definitely a, a big line for that one. And then um, the other thing with the event is that. Braxton also did special beers that day. So um, one of the, the special ones, I think it was the first one we tried, was the smoked Hefeweizen, which is very good. They did some smoked malts in yeah, with their Hefeweizen. Smoked malt. So it wasn't, there wasn't like a big smoky flavor coming out. There were just some very, very subtle 
smoke undertones in the background of the beer. So it was still real refreshing and weedy. But, but then, then you had just, like a weird taste with it. Yeah, like smoky malt in the back of it. That it was, was good. It was nice. Um, and then they had a um, – the summer one was a surprise to us. So – and neither of us actually got it. We tried um, one of our friends who went with us. Um, it was their storm, so it was a cream ale, but they called it summer storm. So it was a, it was the cream ale infused with cucumber, lime, and mint. Oh. Yeah. No. That's it, what you say. And that's was... what we thought, too, because as soon as we heard mint, we're like, nah. So we tried his rather than get a whole big cup of our own, and it was delightful. It was the most refreshing. You you mostly tasted the cucumber, the lime. You didn't the lime. taste the mint. You tasted the lime. The, the cucumber is where you lost me. The cucumber so made it fresh, and the lime yeah. gave it more flavor, and then the mint was a very afterthought. After you had swallowed it, and a little bit later... You, it was ma- like your mouth was like kind of f- fresh from like just having fresh mint at some point. It was like you had just... Uh, brushed your teeth. Not really brushed your teeth, but rinsed with mouthwash, like maybe a half hour like ago. Like that refreshing oh. taste you have in your mouth. I was going to say, you had just rinsed with mouthwash. Oh, so I can't taste anything in my tongue. Is <laughs> no, like a half hour ago. So you're still yeah. getting... Like there's still a mintiness in your mouth, and... You know, you feel fresh in your mouth, and usually don't always feel that way after a beer. And but, so it it all so, it sounds like weird ingredients, but they had this really cool infuser thing that they were using to tap it with. Yeah, they were infusing it right, like on, it wasn't like flavors added, or they didn't brew no, it yeah. with cucumber. You they were just the taking the storm and running it through an infuser that was chock full of cucumber, mint, and lime. <laughs> It, and so it sounded. It was the weirdest sounding one, and it was delicious. Um, and then what was the other one that they had that was different? Um, the raspberry hefeweizen. Oh yeah. So they they were supposed to have a um, a saison with lavender, and they said it wasn't quite ready, so they weren't going to have it today. They weren't so, going to rush it and put yeah. it out early. They said no, give it time. We'll have it out there for everyone in a week or two. And I was kind of excited for that one because they also have a um, a. Some kind of pale. It's. I, I think it's. An, it might be an IPA, but it, it's got lavender in it, and it, it tastes wonderful. Um, so I was kind of excited for to try it with a saison, but yeah. So because it wasn't ready, they went with the hefeweizen with raspberry, which sounds good. But I don't think any of us actually got to try it because they also had the guest taps, which um, they had a. Um, I tried the Brett IPA from Rivertown. And which is very interesting and and delicious. And then, oh gosh, what else? I got the Clementine Clementine Farmhouse Ale from somewhere else. And yeah, the the guest taps were all good, and they were tapped like once every hour. There was a ton of them. It was every half hour. Oh yeah. Took every took every ounce of restraint I had not to break into Oh My Darling when I heard Clementine. (laughs) Clementine. It's like just keep it in. Yeah. Hold. But it, oh. the Clementine with the farmhouse ale was really good. It was very, it kind of has the same effect that the tangerine on the IPA does. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was, so it was a, it was a, we were there most of the day. The day kind of flew by um, and we had a lot of good food and a lot of good beer. We kind of had to be reminded, oh, hey guys. It's, um, uh, it's after six. We're like, crap. <laughs> like you guys are supposed to be recording soon. And I was like, oh, crap. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of run, walk uh. back, so. But yeah, uh, we had a good time. Sounds cool. Uh, wish I could have been there, but uh, I had to work today. Yeah, I'm less salty about it since you know 
That yeah, was just up weekend. there last yeah. week. So we can't steal you every weekend. Can't you? <laughs> anyway, um, have you tried anything um, new or gotten any new badges or anything? Uh, no. And thanks for drawing attention to that. I was just going to try to move this on. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for calling me out, Brittany. No, it's fine. I'm trying to be inclusive. Jeez. Well, let's help you forget. <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's forget about the, his inadequacy and move on to news. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're cutting out a story since we had some other things to talk about. Instead, we'll just, in place of another story we were going to do, which is the fact that Imbev uh, is down on sales. Ooh, everyone knows it. It was going to happen. Yeah. Craft beer sneaking up. But they're down in Belgium. Yes, it's in Belgium. But more interesting, at least to hear us here in the U.S., is the fact that Dogfish Head and Left Hand have started canning initiatives. They are both starting experimenting and canning a few of their beers. Interesting. I mean, it's nice to see. Yeah. Uh, Stone has also started doing this recently. I actually saw some of the Arrogant Bastard in cans at the store you know, this week. I find it interesting because like, everybody, for the longest time, you, you associate like beer cans with something kind of, I don't want to say trashy. but Lowbrow. Like, low yeah. Not... Not like the Simpsons or Futurama beer, lowbrow, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you'd think it's like, oh no, I only want to get my, but like it's much better for the shelf life of a beer. No, no light gets inside of the can. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's cheaper to can than it is to bottle. I mean, it's all around better for everybody. I personally don't like drinking beers from a can because it does change the taste. I will pour it from a can into a glass. It doesn't hurt me. I usually pour it from a bottle into a glass. So right. whatever. makes it a little cheaper for me. And we hope to have an episode on that sometime soon um, about the packaging and whatnot. But, I mean, some of our favorite breweries have our, uh, cans exclusively, actually. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it's cool as they're, they're you know, moving into new things. Uh, I'm sure it's going to make aluminum prices just jump up just a little bit more. But, mm-hmm. uh we're not a economics podcast. Nope. So that was just your quick first, not real story, but a trend that's coming along. So now we'll sky, move. Sky is falling. Dogfish head and left hand are moving to cans. Yes, yada yada. Uh, now we'll move into our first story, which is Stone Brewing brewmaster Mitch Steele is stepping down. This he steps right back up and brews more beer. That's that's my order to him. <laughs> Well, he, he's going to adhere to that order. Big news from the craft beer industry today is one of the most recognizable professional brewers on the planet. Mitch Steele is stepping down from his position as brewer, as brewmaster of Stone Brewing Company to start his own brewing project with a handful of investors. Stone just announced via a goodbye video from Steele that his last day will be June 30th in only two weeks from this posting. It will be the end of a 10-year career at Stone for Steel, during which time he was instrumental in shaping the company's ever-expanding hop-driven portfolio. Yeah, this is this is really big because like he's been in, you know been in charge of the brewing for for Stone. You know the thing that the thing I love Stone for their beer. Uh, it's kind of sad news. I'm sure they'll find someone very qualified and competent to replace him, but. You know, the guy's been at it for 10 years. Yeah. I think there are a lot of good, there have to be a lot of good um, brewers out there who would be very qualified for this job. I'm kind of, I mean, I think it's somewhat exciting, I guess, that, like, what could he do on his own? 
Like, if, he, if he's going off to start something on his own, he had to have some restrictions in place before. Also, um, not important at all, how great is his name? Yeah. Right? <laughs> the, man, the man sounds like a pulp, uh, like an old pulp fiction hero, you know. Or like a comic book Do- character. Doc Savage. Or yeah. porn star. Dick Steele. Okay, it could go a number of ways, really. I think his past is also something to be looking at here because the article goes on. Uh, the brewmaster had just recently celebrated his 10-year anniversary at Stone. His initial hiring was, made waves in craft beer as well, given that Stone managed to pry the award-winning brewer away from Anheuser-Busch, where he was an assistant brewmaster making Budweiser in New Hampshire. So, oh, wow. <laughs> I like to imagine, like, everyone's like, oh, how did they get him away? And they went, you can make different things sold. <laughs> you make things with flavor. Yeah, and no. he was, he, when he came to no, Stone, no, he brought, um, he brought the hoppiness, essentially, too. It's like he got sick of Anheuser-Busch and what was going on, and he's like, give me all the hops. Stat. He, he came into their brewery with a crazy large duffel bag of hops, <laughs> tossed it down, and went, this goes into every single bottle of beer. Yeah, it, yeah uh, so not to get into, like, oh, Anheuser-Busch, but at the same, okay, so objectively, they don't really have a ton of hoppy beers, if any. They, they are to make a, a balanced palatable beer for the masses yeah for everyone it is it is a is harder than it sounds and you know you think like oh i mean to make something so bland he had to balance it very well as the assistant brewmaster like right so yeah so they don't he doesn't get to use hops he doesn't get to i mean in in the extent of like an ipa he doesn't get to use um a ton of adjuncts you know like yeah, so that's a kind of a big transition. So yeah, when he came to Stone, he's the reason we have the Enjoy by IPAs from Stone and mm-hmm. the Go Go to IPA. He developed those. Wow. And I like how the article says he's one of the few people who can claim to have written the book on IPA because well he did. <laughs> and it's yes, he literally wrote a book <laughs> about IPA. So yeah, he wrote Quite literally, the book about IPAs. But he made a nice little video that gets kind of emotional. Starts out with Tolkien. Yeah, always, he, a, good, always a good way to go. He he throws out a Tolkien quote, and he's leave because he feels he can't pass this opportunity up to start his own brewery. And I mean, we get it, but a Stone has taken a few big hits recently. With a stepping down of CEO and all this stuff, and this is just another big blow. I I Stone will recover. Maybe, maybe it's not a big blow. Maybe it's time to try to 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 change into a new, more powerful thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll buy. Maybe them and three uh, three or four other breweries will will form together into one giant Voltron of beer. I don't know. Maybe oh, yeah. I've been watching a lot of Voltron on Netflix. Don't judge me. <laughs> it's a matter of time. Well, yeah, Stone's not there. It doesn't seem to be any hate or any grudge. They're uh, wishing him. Stone's wishing him luck and thanking him for his ten years of service. So, hopefully, we'll see some good things coming from his new founding brewery. We'll see good things from him. Good things from Stone. Good things from everybody. That's what I want. Speaking, Although he needs to get back to work at Stone to make more beer. <laughs> Speaking of good things, uh, according to this headline, which really wrecks what's going on here, 
Light and Fresh, world's oldest beer brewed from shipwrecked bottle. So, did they did they find this bottle in your closet in your cellar? I mean, maybe that's always a chance, but no, they found it uh, at the bottom of the ocean in a shipwreck. I mean, that's how you sell your beer now. You you wreck ships off the coast. I mean, it's the best way to do it. It's the prime condition. Why wouldn't you? No sunlight. No, <laughs> no sunlight whatsoever. No sunlight, constant temperature. I mean, the Marianas Trench is pretty deep. <laughs> it's really hard to get bottles down there and keep them down there. They always want to float up. It's a problem. That's why you tie rocks. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, off of the coast of Australia, there was a shipwreck, and they managed to find a... It looks like a vase, the bottle, with this 220-year-old bottle of beer, making it possibly the oldest surviving yeast in existence. That is the key to this whole article, is that the yeast was in it and still alive. What if, what, you know, first of all, apparently yeast is immortal. <laughs> yeast is the highlander of, of biology. Or, or the, the cockroach of it, I don't know. No, because, I mean, I can squish cockroach, this... <laughs> This yeast has lived over 200 years. Uh, if it kills other yeast, it cuts off their head and gains their power. Right. But really, when you okay, when you start in this article, you're thinking it's going to be some kind of Midas touch thing like dogfish did. But that dogfish took off of residue that was found in a clay jar from Egypt and made a beer based on the chemical components they found. This is not the same thing that was going on. No one is replicating this as of yet. It's just from... They were able to analyze the yeast found in this bottle, the yeast that was still alive, and from that, be able to determine 220 years ago, I'm sure based with history as well, that the beer-like beverage that would have been in this would have been, quote-unquote, light and fresh. They, They have a part in this article here. First of all, when I think of old beers, light and fresh is not what comes to mind. But no. uh, it's saying that you know they they describe what yeast is for those that don't know. It's essentially tiny organisms that consume sugar and output alcohol during the brewing process. And some yeast can remain in the beer after the brewing in either a living, dead, or suspended state. And it goes, modern pasteurization kills off the yeast, but older beers, like say brewed in the late 18th century, were made without this sanitary measure. So. Louis Pasteur basically stopped the chance of finding finding treasure troves of beer past the past the 18th century. It seems. Yeah. Um, what they're saying about the yeast is that it's an unusual three way hybrid with links to bakers, brewers, and wine yeast. And given it's 220 years old, and what was going on with brewing at the time, that makes complete sense. Like, there's nothing off about that right now. Like. Hearing that from then, of course, if you were analyzing yeast from today, it would be a lot different. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty neat, though. Like, you know, I, the, the, the this this strain of yeast is alive, so it makes me like, I mean, can we, can we use it? Can we purpose, like, a small bit of it? Can, can we drink beer? it? Yeah, uh, the museum says it's now seeking funding to study the yeast further and to explore the possibility of recreating other historic brews. Uh, possibly the wreck has now also given us the world's only known pre-Industrial Revolution brewing yeast. Man, I am so excited about that combination of words. <laughs> Pre-Industrial Revolution brewing yeast. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm... 
I can't describe what this what this does to me, but yeah, it okay. does. It, Dogfish it does, gave us Midas wonderful touch. things. Dogfish gave us Midas touch, which is great. We love it. It's this. That's an ancient uh, beverage. Can't really even call it a beer as to what was in that jar, but this is a legitimate beer, and in the fact that we have a sample of the yeast, they can at least start trying to cultivate a modern equivalent to that yeast. Yeah. So it's great to see something like that survive into this time, and we can literally resurrect it from the dead. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, so divers excavated the shipwreck from 1991 to 1999. They recovered the bottle with other things. So they've had this sitting around for a while and just realized that there was yeast in there, it seems. Well, okay. A lot of people don't know how this works. Uh, In archaeology, it takes a long time Things have to be submitted and researched and go through peer reviews before any of this comes out released to the public. Okay. That's like uh, whenever someone comes out and says, oh, we found a new hominid, and everyone goes, oh, look at these pictures of this thing they just found. No, it was probably found 20 years ago. It's just now been approved past peer review, and like the general consensus is, yes, you found a new, a new thing. And then they're able to publish the story to the public. Okay. So these things, like, yeah, it was found then, and it was probably in some uh, publications at the time when it was found. But it wasn't, it would be, you know, a long time before the public hears about these things. The more you know. Yes. (laughs) So let's move on from the more we know into untapped. Get more riggedy, riggedy, And The more badges we get. Yeah, the more badges. Our first badge is Founders Mosaic Promise. Not the biggest fan of this beer, but yeah, I went and got a bottle because I knew where to get one. <laughs> so like, it's a hard to find one right now. Because badges. For dim badges. Uh, uh, check one into- day they're going to mail you actual badges, and you can sew them to a... We would lose our minds. Like, no, that's not even- <laughs> I would go broke getting all the beers for these badges. Or just stickers. I don't even care. <laughs> But uh, to get the Founders Mosaic Promise, or Experience the Art of Aroma, as it's titled, uh, check into one Mosaic Promise from Founders Brewing Company between June 15th and July 15th, and the Mosaic Promise Art of Aroma badge is your is yours. Mm, I I don't know. I've not had a lot of Mosaic hop beers, but Mosaic Promise I wasn't a fan of the first time I had it. I'll have another one probably later tonight. I don't remember it. I don't. I don't actually. Actually, I don't know if I tried it last time. But it's a blanket of flavors, and it just, it just wasn't for me. Hmm. Like what kind of blanket? Like a patchwork quilt? Like a, like just like a t-shirt blanket? Like what, I mean, what it's described about? as a patchwork quilt, but if you were to ask my tongue, my tongue would say a horrible, dirty blanket infected with many things given to Native Americans. Damn. <laughs> So, a smallpox blanket. Yeah. Okay, moving on. You're saying this this beer kills the kills all the buffalo. It might. No, it, everyone killed all the buffalo. Let's well, be honest. Yeah, they're all to blame. <laughs> uh, our next badge, Oregon is awesome. This is from uh, Widmere He's Brothers. Cold you're Oregon, the team. <laughs> I was going to say, I got that song in my head instantly. <laughs> our friends at Widmere Brothers want to remind you that Oregon is awesome. With one of the largest concentrations of breweries in the country, both large and small, there's a very good chance you've had at least one beer from this great state. 
As a tribute to the awesomeness, we've teamed up to bring you a brand new badge. Check into any one beer from Woodmere Brothers and one beer from any other Oregon-based brewery. See qualifying list here. Uh, we'll have that link up uh, but between June 7th and September 5th. So you got a long time to do this. Oh, goodness. To I unlock get, the Oregon is Awesome badge. I get one of these the day before my... The, the day... Well, the day on my birthday is like, all right, we're fine. I can... I still have a whole 24 hours to drink this. There are so many things on that list of other breweries from Oregon. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, see, qualifying breweries here. Oh, crap. (laughs) So, part one is just the heading on on this doc that they've set up. So, 261 different beers. Wow. That's a lot of stuff there. No, um, no, not beers. Brewing companies. Yeah, they're breweries. I'm just scrolling as quickly as possible because I don't want to read all of it uh, because I'm lazy. Uh, Either way, this is a lot. Rusty Truck Brewing. That's a good one. I like that name. I think I've I've heard of Alberta. Um, Yeah, it's it's a place in Canada. (laughs) Yes, I've heard of Alberta Brewing. Um, Blackwater Brewing, I've definitely heard of. I don't know that I've seen any of this stuff here. Well, I'm sure not. Well, there's only one Windmere Brothers beer we can get around here. Come on. There are usually two, but the one just happens to not be in season right now, because we've been able to get their winter one before, which is really good. The burr. All right, next badge. A beer born again uh, from Lagunitas. It's for having their born again yesterday pale ale. Uh, there's not really a whole lot to this one. Just enjoy this wet hopped wonder from Reborn Hops. You can earn a brand new badge. Check into one Lagunitas Born Again Yesterday Pale Ale between June 6th and July 6th. Not as much time on this one. You'll unlock the Lagunitas Born Again Yesterday badge. All right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that one anywhere. I have not. In the last Lagunitas oh. one... Uh, we did about Aunt, what was it, Sally or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never <laughs> I've never seen that beer anywhere around here. It may have been on tap a couple places that I missed, but I've never seen it in bottles anywhere on a shelf. Yeah, cool, man. Uh, Did you just cool bro no. me? <laughs> no, I, I quoted Auntie Donna because I have a problem, and anytime it's mentioned, I fall into something. And Bikey Wars didn't seem like the right thing to get into. That makes sense. Uh, Alright, well, I think that does it for Untapped. It may be time to start talking about the topic. Indeed. We're not that drunk! Cheeky bastards! We're not that drunk! We're not that drunk! We're not that drunk! I'm drunk! You're drunk! (laughs) That was kind of perfect. Everybody's drunk! (laughs) I mean... Damn autoplay! Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> okay, before uh, we slip in. before we slip into the main gist of this topic, I have to read. Casey sent us uh, this nice little mm-hmm. PowerPoint presentation from founders about our topic <laughs> that I have to at least read the first slide. Oh, okay. It says everything should be barrel aged. To be honest, it's a huge pain in the ass, but the end result tastes pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> They're not wrong. And Founders knows a thing or two about 
about barrel aging. Yeah, they do. Very much, yes. Craft beer industry has seen a lot of activity in recent years having to do with the resurrection of using wooden barrels during the aging process instead of just aging in big vats. Uh, while today's brewers are producing many different styles that employ wood vessels, somewhere along the way, uh, the the history for all this is a little bit simpler. Uh, way back in days of yore, uh, wood was the material used for construction construction of beer barrels, storage vats, mash or, mash tons. I don't know what a ton is. That's going to be Listening. like. Um... If you go I'm to ass- the... I'm assuming it's what you put mash in. The big bourbon distilleries, when they have yeah. those massive oh, yeah. wooden vats oh, that are yeah. cooking okay. everything that smell delicious. I forgot those were called tons, or maybe I never heard the word. Uh, but, yeah, uh, about everything back then was made of wood. It was a lot easier to do than to, <laughs> yeah. to, to make metal. Uh, from the dawn of time, uh, uh, and this is also goes goes for wine and uh, spirits as well. Uh, in ancient time, wine was fermented, stored, and transported in clay vessels known as amphorae, as the original beers of Mesopotamia, as were the original beers of Mesopotamia and Egypt. Man, I'm really glad I took Latin for that one second in, in my entire <laughs> life. Uh, By the early centuries A.D., uh, wood had replaced clay or terracotta as the favored material for the manufacturer uh, manufacturer of containers for the storage and transport of liquids, probably because of durability and ready access to raw materials, because it's not often you drop a whole barrel and it just shatters. Yeah, and you don't have to bake a wooden barrel or wooden container before it's load ready. Sometimes. It's not baking necessarily, but... You know, charring. <laughs> that's for other purposes. You make it hot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, the classic barrel shape was engineered and designed. Uh, it was an engineering design. I guess it was engineered a design. Whatever. I've been drinking. <laughs> uh, it was a design that added strength and provided for the cinching of the bands to bind the staves together. Uh, somewhere along the way, it was noticed that the type of wood used contributed to the character and flavor of the contents. I have to imagine pretty quickly. Like someone's like, "Oh, we're all we're fresh out of, we're fresh out of ash trees. They got oak. All right, use oak." Yeah, and then they went, "Oh, we shall only use this ever again." <laughs> they looked at those those ash trees and went, "Screw it! I'm only making baseball bats out of those." <laughs> uh, so, since barrels were expensive and labor-intensive to make, uh, they were used many times over, uh, often to hold different products. And once again, the, what was in the uh, the flavor kind of got left behind, and it would affect further products. Uh, you know, again, you toss beer into like, well, we're we're done with this bourbon barrel, can't use it again. Let's pour some beer in here, I guess. Oh. I like to imagine that's how it first got invented. I can't. I have no facts to back that up, but I mean, it was probably something along those lines where someone came along, like, "Well, we just need a barrel to. We've got this, you know, lager or whatever, because lagering barrels, you know, age it in that." And then there was like, "Well, we need a barrel. We don't have any fresh ones." And then they got a hold of one of those and threw the beer in it, and it came out. And they're like, "Oh my!" I also like to imagine that most of 
most of human advancement was not discovered on purpose. Like they just accidentally ran into things and went, oops. <laughs> well, let's go with it. I mean, that's science. That's honestly how it came. <laughs> most of these things would have come about. Someone, uh, it's just like, oh, someone, someone happened to accidentally spear some beer and spill some beer into a bourbon barrel. And oh, wouldn't you know it. <laughs> the darndest thing it's it's delicious uh, <laughs> so the first time a new barrel is used the nature of the wood and the length of time the product is held will yield some character of that particular wood if the same product is placed in the barrel time after time there's not going to be any real little if any effect on it. uh it's already yielded all it has uh, to offer by continuous use Secondary uses, as in sherry bo- uh, barrels to used in scotch whiskey, or uh, bourbon barrels is used also. Uh, they have become the industry standard for some products, uh, primarily once only used uh, as in the production of bourbon uh, and continuous. Uh, and So some you're only going to use once, others you're going to use continuous. That sentence got, got away from me, and my beer is very strong. <laughs> yeah, so like bourbon, for example, you're only going to use it in fresh barrels, but scotch you'll use in you know repurposed barrels sometimes. Yeah, that's the thing about scotch. It's not always a fresh barrel. They will use other barrels, and that can make it delicious. It can. Uh, but getting away from wine and whiskey, which have their own extensive lore in the area... Uh, it's, uh, it's also played an important role in the brewing industry. Hundreds of years, beer was fermented in wood, aged, uh, was fermented in wood, aged wood, shipped wood, and shipped in wood, and served from wood. A whole lot of wood in that, in that <laughs> sentence. Packing some wood. That yep. sentence got wood. As, uh, as previously mentioned, the wood ceases to provide anything to the product except maybe some bacterial infection uh, after the after initial few uses, and beer barrels were extensively reused. Uh, wood's notoriously porous and notoriously difficult to clean. So uh, beer shipped in wood uh, has to either be consumed in short order or to be preserved by heavy hop rates, high alcohol content, or both. Uh sort of uh, preservation could be achieved by shipping the beer while it's still actively fermenting or cask conditioning, uh, which is a little bit inexact, and it depended heavily on the skills of the publicans at the serving end. In any event, the use of wood brewing was enthusiastically abandoned with the advent of metal kegs, fermenters, and storage tanks. Until now. Yeah, that was mostly for uh, sanitary purposes. That the yeah. abandoning of those things because they were reusing these things and they couldn't clean them. It's not that they didn't, it's that they couldn't. Yeah. And as soon as these metals came around that could be sanitized and reused, it was a very good thing. Once once something soaks into wood, it's not getting out. No, it'll always to burn leave the wood. Some. Yeah. It's it's always gonna leave something behind. And I mean, nowadays that's a good thing for us in a lot of cases, but that's because not all of your beer is coming into contact with wood. I mean, you don't want it to. (laughs) Right. Speaking of that, wood, what that would mean as far as why you don't want all of your beer in in wood necessarily, uh, because wood has chemicals in it that dissolve in the beer over time. And uh, as we just mentioned, 
temperature swings will cause the liquid to pump in and out of the wood and kind of accelerate the process. Um, Which is what you want with some things. Yeah. Like when you're putting bourbon into a barrel, you need that because right. it's going in and out of the char and it's developing the character and flavor over that time. You don't necessarily want that with all beers. Right. And uh, over a period of many months, uh, one of these substances, which is called, I'm going to go with lignin, does that look right? Um, sure. Transforms into vanillin, which is why vanilla notes are uh, are found in whiskey and other barrel-aged spirits. Chillin' like a vanillin. I was, yeah. You beat me by like a second or so, and I was pretty sure if I tried talking, it was just going to like I was going to get some ducking. It wouldn't be hurt. Uh, nice. Um, so uh, the barrel wood is porous, which exposes the contents to air, creating the potential for oxidized flavors, which is good and bad. Uh, porosity also means that there are lots of little nooks and crannies for microorganisms to hide. This is a fact that may be used to the brewer's advantage or mitigated if necessary. Lambic and other sour beers depend on barrels as a safe harbor for their wild yeast and bacteria. The bourbon industry uses the expensive charred oak barrels only once for bourbon. So when they're emptied, relatively cheap to purchase. Because um, yeah. they don't need it anymore. Um, they, can go, they can be great for aging beer. Barrel mm-hmm. aging is not the best treatment for lighter stuff though so not not necessarily a pilsner but strong and dark usually being the rule for this so imperial does, stouts barley wines or doesn't talking? mean doesn't mean you shouldn't try right um no, I think as barrel aged pilsners as founders basically said barrel age all the things yeah um you can barrel age lighter stuff but you're gonna have the best results with the stouts and the you know the darker things um a super strong Weizenbach, blonde barley wine, or triple bock might do with a dab of whiskey barrel flavor. So, um, everything, this... can do with, everything can do with a dab of whiskey barrel flavor. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this, uh, this whole passage here came from um, the, a book that we're probably going to reference tons, and, and Casey's going to talk about a lot, too. It's a very helpful book. They sell it everywhere. It's the Tasting Beer book. We've referenced it a few other times on different episodes, but... um, Every liquor store and a lot of breweries sell this in their gift shop. It is, no joke, one of the best reference tools you can have. Yeah, I mean, you can read through it and stuff, but it's it's always a good reference. But, so that that came from there. And then they also talk about um, what you can expect from bourbon, or I guess just barrel-aged beers. Um, So this is primarily going to be U.S. craft breweries that are doing this, obviously because bourbon... Um, <laughs> for generally, um, the flavor is going to be, so you're going to have whatever that base is. So if it's a stout or if it's an, a lighter one or a barley wine or something, and then you're going to also going to get a, a rich round, slightly caramelly flavor, and then maybe a little bit of that wood taste, which kind of does add to it when it's a darker base to start with. Yeah. Um, it really helps it out. Um, the aroma is going to be some um, malt and hops that's going to be for the base and then a rich vanilla toasted coconut and maybe some sherry or like a port and then the balance is going to be a bit on the sweet side even though you know most people feel that nice burn from uh, whiskey (laughs) and bourbon it generally is supposed to be a little sweet yeah best in cool weather I i think that's because Generally, you're going to see stouts and whatnot, like the darker stuff. Yeah, 
bigger gravity beers in these barrels, See, and you don't you don't want that kind of thing on like a ninety degree day. I do. <laughs> yeah, I proved that this weekend when I decided to drink any. I, I would drink something heavy to start with, like what, and I just want it. Well, that, and the, yeah, so it depends on taste, um, but generally, it's probably not going to help with that refreshing. Uh, you know, kind of taste that you might be going for when it's I mean, 95 degrees outside Fahrenheit. I may not have drank a uh, nitro, uh, a, a left-hand nitro stout all night, <laughs> but it it made it through there. Uh, you're, you're braver than I. And then, uh, so it, it actually, which is great, I, I love that it does this, it gives a, a pairing suggestion just something we always kind of we we talked about in a previous episode, and we're always kind of looking for. Also, um, it says pairs with a huge, rich dessert and a Stilton cheese. What about uh, uh, Venezuelan beaver cheese? No, 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 no. Monty Python references. No, no, nothing. Yeah, sorry, it's been a while. Um, but no, so like like a bourbon barrel aged stout with like so it says rich desserts. So I imagine some kind of like maybe a cheesecake. Or a chocolate, like a, a rich chocolate brownie, or something like that. Something, the richness kind of goes well together, you know. Um, and then we're gonna go through just a few examples here. Um, I'll talk about these if you guys want to cover anything else. But uh, the the on this particular list that the book offers, I hadn't heard of two of these. Um, but it's, we've got Allagash Interlude. Firestone Walker Rufus, um, then the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout, Great Divides Oak Aged Yeti Imperial Stout, and that then sounds amazing, right? And then New Holland's uh, Dragon's Milk. Ah, oh, Dragon's Milk. Hmm. Um, now, yeah, we saw the um, the Oak Aged Yeti at Whole Foods and didn't get it, but we do plan on trying that soon. I hadn't heard of the Allagash or the Firestone Walker. Uh. Yeah, clearly we've we've heard we've heard of the Goose Island Bourbon County right. due to recalls. Oh yeah, great uh, time to mention also on our resources page on the website we do have that video from YouTube. It's like a documentary. Um, I think we've re- recommended it before, but it's a really good watch when you want to see the entire process for bourbon barrel aging, and it's all about their Bourbon County Stout. But they run through every bit of it, like the the making of the barrels even, and then. Heaven Hill Distillery talking about, you know, their part in it. And it's very interesting. It starts, they start talking about trees. It goes, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's it's a full-on deal. You're go, it starts at logging, and it ends with <laughs> brewing beer. Like, everything, in, every step of the process, you see these guys manhandling these 200-pound barrels around yeah. in a factory, and you're just like, holy ones. crap. Um, but, and it's... It's fascinating, and it's very well done. It's such a, a well-put-together documentary, honestly. But yeah, and then uh, so, do you guys want to go over any of the other ones on the list there? And the, the, the other one stuff? Well, uh, there's the, the, the list you sent, which I was looking through, and it's like, I don't know of many of these. Uh, and the, the first one, we actually have aging um, in our cellar. We have the 2015 of The Abyss from Deschutes Brewery. Uh, we had it on tap before it <laughs> is delicious. Oh, yeah, we did get that on tap. I wasn't able to score any of the awesome ones that were in, like, uh, Pinot Noir barrels or anything like that. But uh, it was just a straight bourbon barrel one. 
because they do a lot of variants on the Abyss. But it was really good. I want to. They have a ton more bottles. I want to get a bunch of them and do some uh, staggered aging. Have one every year. Kind of start comparing them. See how the you know really see what's happening with that beer. Hey, and so side note, Desch- that anything from Deschutes is actually going to count toward that Oregon badge on Untapped. What about Delatters? Oh, Delatters. Unfortunately, Delatters, not on the list. Once again, they have been shafted. Man, the best kept secret of someone. I don't know where they would be. <laughs> I would, you Fictitious know, land. I imagine that Delatters would be in Washington, the state, yes. because that, that just makes sense for the rivalry even more. Oregon versus Washington. <laughs> See, I'm scrolling down through this list. Uh, there's none others on here that I'm familiar with, but one I am now loving from uh, Port Brewing, Santa's Little Helper Imperial Stout. <laughs> yeah, the the label on that looks pretty fantastic. Uh, I kind of wish, like, I, I, they can't do the copyright infringement, but I was just wishing there was a little thin racing dog on there <laughs> from The Simpsons. Yeah, uh, Santa's Little Helper. Yeah. Aww. Now, I actually, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen this, but I really want to look for this because we the Brooklyn brewing stuff is kind of available in most places, but Brooklyn Black Ops, it's a really nice looking bottle there. It's, um, it says, if you soaked chocolate chip cookie dough in bourbon, it would have a lot in common with Black Ops. I'm okay with this. <laughs> so, there's something that I'm probably never going to drink that's on this list. Uh, oh. The Almanac Barrel Noir. Oh, right under that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's aged in tequila barrels. Yeah, nope. gonna avoid and that. And I do not care for tequila. So the, the description maybe sounds maybe nice. it brings something different to it, and it's and it's it's really good. I don't know, but it says just... accentuating the chocolate malt flavors while contributing bright splashes of lime and caramelized bananas. That sounds pretty good, though. Like that's a really good description. Uh, although, okay, here's one from Scotland. The uh, oh, right, yeah. Ola Dub eighteen. Ula Ula Du. Oh, Sorry, that's Ola okay. Pronunciation. Ula Du. Yeah. Because uh, Scotland. Which is Gaelic for black <laughs> oil, and as soon as you pour this <laughs> old ale aged <laughs> in Highland Park eighteen Scotch barrels Jeez. into your glass, you'll understand why. Oh God. I want this. Oh, I need this in my life. Delivers sweet flavors of toffee and figs. Are we not going to talk about the one from Japan? I like that bottle. Oh. Hitachi no Nest X8. Hitachi no Nest. Oh. With the little owl. That's adorable. It's got a little cute little owl on it. Um, yeah. Belgian yeah. style dark ale. Ooh, I've had, you know, we've had good, good experiences with Belgian style dark ales before. Japanese distilled beverage made from barley, sweet potatoes, buckwheat, or rice. And it has red apple, yam, and burnt sugar aromas to draw you into this bright, refreshing beer that finishes slightly bitter and crisp. I would try the crap uh, out of this. Drink yeah, it with garlic sound... shrimp. Oh, yeah, it's got good. Um, it's got pairings uh, suggestions yeah. with all of these, which is kind of great. That Scottish one, it says to pair with roast beef tenderloin. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You're pairing it with haggis. Let's be honest. You put it with haggis. No, that'd be too salty. No, it's Scottish. It's all they eat. <laughs> I thought they all they did was fry things. That, that's not that's, wrong either. That is true. They, they fry everything. <laughs> the Brooklyn one, pe- oh gosh, yes. It pairs with peanut butter cheesecake. 
Oh my gosh. I want to try this so badly. Good okay, lord. Okay, so and the, the very bottom of this list is the... Oh god, the pages died on me. Uh, it's a Belgian strong ale whose name I can't find anymore because my page won't scroll. Galdus Prestige de Nuits from Belgium. Okay. Yeah, everything caught up to me all of a sudden. The the internet is oh gosh not enjoying this page. Belgian strong ale aged in burgundy barrels from yeah. that stuff is the most delicate. De Saint Georges. Yeah, that what you said. Red berry flavors come together seamlessly with the rummy malt backbone and the spicy Belgian yeast. Good God! Oh, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has uh, aging tropical aromas like guava and passion fruit are enhanced with a kick of spearmint, a sprinkle of cocoa powder, and a touch of toasted coconut. There's no heat or alcoholic harshness, as and yet it's one of the strongest beers in the list at thirteen percent. Ooh. Yeah. Get <laughs> it, that in my life. It says to pair it with beignets, which is totally fine because I've always wanted to try those anyway. Those are those, like, delicious, if anybody doesn't know, the, the like, f- fluffy. They're from, they have them in um, New Orleans. Like, it's a big thing, yeah. a big Louisiana thing. I've always wanted to try those. Now, I will say there are some personal favorites of uh, bourbon barrel things, much like the, the, uh, I still, like, if I'm out and I have to find it, like, the, the Kentucky bourbon barrel, I'm always okay with. That's always a good solid. I'm somewhere that doesn't have a lot of... I'm good decent... with the stout for the Kentucky bourbon, the, all the stuff from Alltech. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm good with the stout because it's a coffee stout. It's really nice. The first thing I ever had from that line of stuff was just the ale. And mm. the boozy, I want to call it sting on the front of that because you're like oh it's a beer no if you get the ales or some of their lighter ones that are aged in bourbon barrels you are shooting whiskey my friend <laughs> that is what is hitting the front of your tongue and it turned me off to their beer for the longest time yeah some of their stuff's just a little too boozy for what you want yeah. in a beer i think uh maybe for you want <laughs> no. uh but no the, the they've also got uh there's also what's one of our other favorite bourbon barrels. When we find it, we freak out. Um, outside of KBS, which yeah, obviously. we always yeah we we've gone into great detail how much we love that beer. And but, I, uh, we haven't even had the Bourbon County Stout from you know. no. Uh, I mean, Dragon's, I had some Dragon's Milk. Here. They mentioned in the list, but oh, it's it's always so good. I would yeah, I would recommend anybody try any variant you can find of Dragon's Milk. Like just just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Anything else barrel-related? God, I can't even think of any more barrel-aged. I mean, there, there's so many. Bar- the reason, Another reason we wanted to cover this topic is because it's such a thing. It's such a, a big thing that is happening that people do all the time. Like, it's it, barrel-aging beer is kind of been the hotness now for the last, what, I don't know, a few years at least. Yeah. Hey, um, if you guys have anything, uh, anything out there that, you like this barrel age that you know, we missed let us know send us some send us some feedback and like hey if there's something we can get our hands on that that you've had that we've never seen before i i, I want to see it i want it there right. was something uh i think we talked about it a while back when uh, we did our movie draft we went to casey's 
to do it, and he had narwhal. a... Well, the narwhal was one. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, that's really good. <laughs> there was a barrel-aged brown ale that he had picked up, I oh, can't remember yeah. from where, that was delicious. And that that was really one of the turning points for me when it was like, you know, you don't have to just barrel-aged big beers. Like, a simple brown nice. ale really benefited from it. Like that makes sense. There yeah. was a... The booziness yeah. wasn't too overpowering, because you kind of need a strong beer to tone down the booziness. But it was no. very nice. No. Barrel-aged pilsners. <laughs> Let's just uh, go ahead and barrel-age some hops. Come on. Hmm. All right, yeah. Do we have you know what? Find it. Screw it. Just give me straight liquor. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you just move on. Um... All right, uh, I think that does cover it for the topic. But yeah, if if you ha- if you can find any, if you think of any more examples, because I know we're forgetting something, like something obvious. Oh, examples! To be. There's a million. Yeah. But, or if you yeah. if you know of one that you're like, oh, you guys have to try this. If you haven't, then definitely let us know. Um, and you, yeah, just that that'll be great. We've we've had a ton of recommendations since uh, since the last time we asked for some, so that's been good. Yeah. Speaking of letting us know about things. Some of you did let us know about things. (laughs) We have some feedback. We got one! All right. Uh, Who wants to grab the first one here? Uh, We've been talking a while. It's your turn. All right. I'll grab the first one. Uh, Evan hit us up. I believe this was on Facebook. Yeah. Yes, because I see the little uh, generic icon for Facebook of a man. (laughs) Hey Evan, mm. put up a put up a profile picture. Come on, man. I mean, maybe maybe he did, and maybe we just couldn't see it. No, he does have one. For some reason, when I grabbed this, like my internet was like, no. Oh, you know, well, we're, my we're bad, not, my bad, Evan. You, you're we're cool. not we're not throwing uh, we're not calling them out on like we did the rook for their lack for their Twitter ad. <laughs> yeah, oh, what? Yeah, yeah some a, shade was thrown. The gerbs threw some shade because they that had is the unacceptable. Egg. That's a business. <laughs> he, we're all sitting there. He goes, "No, man." He's like, "If everyone in this room right now like followed this brewery, we would double their following or this uh, this bar. place." Yeah, the yeah. bar. And I was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> and then everyone looked and was like, "They have no Twitter. Like it is non-existent." Yeah. Okay. Just open, but yeah. Okay. But Evan was letting us know uh, the county that we were not uh, trying, even attempting we're to pronounce. Even getting there, yeah. In our last episode, where Ballast Point's opening, he lives uh, right next to it in Roanoke. Uh, it's pronounced Botatot. 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 That does not look like how it's spelled. No. Like, uh, no. We kind of have a, a, a Louisiana pronunciation going on here. Is what it looks like. It is spelled <laughs> B-O-T-E-T. O U R T. I would not have got botetot out of that. Never. Botetort. <laughs> yes. No. Botetot. Okay. No. That that that's helpful because like it was literally we looked down and went nope. Whole lot of nope. <laughs> we we're like nope. What what's near this? We're like it's around Roanoke. All right, we're going through Roanoke. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he said, Evan has yet to disappear, as far as I know. <laughs> right. Right. Good. Good job. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, also, I know everyone says this about their local breweries, but all of our local breweries are great. Uh, he gave some big nods out for Parkway Brewing Company, uh, Ka- Chaos Mountain, Soaring <laughs> Ridge, <laughs> Big Lick Brewing, and, as we had mentioned, Flying Mouse are all incredible breweries. He says everyone's like all about their local breweries. I'm like... Only like forty percent into my local breweries. They're like, oh yeah, you do okay, guys. You're like West Six. <laughs> uh, they're close, and they do have some good beer, but 
they're also like they're not also super they're, localized. They're up here too. Yeah, just funny. But he also let us know uh, if we love the outdoors and beer. Roanoke is incredible. Blue Ridge Parkway runs through here. So does the Appalachian Trail, which we did discuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most photographed point on the AT is in Roanoke, Roanoke County. I would yeah. love to go wow. honestly and look at that. No, way. we're we've been discussing about doing the Appalachian Trail at some point in our retirement, probably. Is because it, those two are discussing. I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of sun <laughs> and fresh air. That sounds awful. <laughs> but, but yeah, he said he's lived here his whole life and loves it. Uh, so glad National Brewers is starting to locate here because it really is an incredible place. Hearing my hometown mentioned on various beer podcasts is a great thing. Yeah, Roanoke and that whole area blowing up. Like, they are getting, I mean, Beer City USA is jumping up around. We discussed this last time, Roanoke being the, the new. It's the Asheville of Virginia. Yeah, yes, it is as, the Asheville. Said, which is not wrong. Yeah, good. No, good no it's you. not. And it's going to bring tourism. And, I mean, I wouldn't mind spending some time there, kind of into the outdoors, hiking and camping. I would love to go so, there in the fall, just do, like, a brewery tour. Plus, it's Virginia, so it's it's going to look gorgeous. Be some dirty leafers. Change, I think I mentioned this in an early show when we talked about people locating to Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Virginia is not just for lovers anymore. It's for Indeed. beer drinkers. It lovers is. Lovers of beer. Uh, okay, also, there's one little thing I want to point out. Evan, where are these other beer podcasts you're, you're following? <laughs> are, are we not enough for you? Is that is that how it is? <laughs> no, I, I understand. I we are not. I know, I, I get it. I just wanted to get super defensive cause it, it, just because it found funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I myself wasn't a beerist because... Traitor. Hey, Podcast man. done. No, we're a completely <laughs> different thing. Podvade. I, I still I listen to other beer podcasts, and then I, we do ours, and I'm like, I don't understand how they do two hours of nothing but beer critiques. Mm. I kind of don't get that I mean, part of it. We're but. on the same page when we do like tastings, but that's about it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. We we I don't know. We we have our own reasons, and we have our own format, and that's awesome. We we are different, and and you can listen to other stuff and just hear them talk about descriptions of beer and stuff. We'd rather learn you something. Right. Um, uh, Speaking of okay. which, sorry. Next like I back. said, like I, I honestly, I saw that and I just went, I got to make a joke. I. That's fair. I can't stop it. Uh, there's a sickness deep in my soul. Uh, next up, for cheap bad jokes. Uh, do you mean to read this one? Uh, I can or, handle her. Yeah, just uh, okay. it's a little bit long, so just you don't have. To it's go long. The I'm going to kind of skip the beginning, but yeah. uh, we're going to get into this. Uh, Brian D got to us. Brian from Denver. Brian from Denver. Yeah, and this is uh, through the email. Brian Feedback at I <laughs> uh, said, I was listening to the Terminology 2 show, and a few things caught my ear as you were discussing them. You asked for feedback, so here you go. You had a big reaction to the Band-Aid descriptor. I've heard mumbles on some other beer podcasts. Uh, Again? You've got to be <laughs> kidding me, guys. Sorry. That the smell of rubber bands or Band-Aids, like the smell when you open a new box, is pretty common with young, non-aged Brett beers. When aged properly, Brett beers are supposed to be sour, funky, and farmy. That said, I'm not a big fan of Brett beer or sours. I'll take a Flanders Red or Farmhouse Ale that gets its sourness from other source. I kind of agree with you there, and that's probably why at least I'm not familiar with this. I avoid sours and Bretts like the plague. 
So that's, I think that's probably why this whole thing is over top of my head. I just, I'm like, no, I've never experienced it because I won't, I don't want anything to do with sours. And I, I actually enjoy some sours. So that's why I'm like, I, I don't know if I've ever noticed a Band-Aid quality, but I'm also not going around licking Band-Aids. So, <laughs> and you also, you know what? You know what? So hold on, I'm gonna go go find a Band-Aid real quick. <laughs> Do it, get it, lick it, tell us. <laughs> well, and you have to. I guess you'd have to look for like specifically Brett beers more than anything, because there's tons of sour beers, but they're not all sour from the same thing, as he as he mentions. I I like a good farmhouse ale though. I still think okay, so my dramatic effect uh, didn't didn't work as well as I hoped. No, you were uh, committed to that. We heard a door closing off in the distance. It was <laughs> like your commitment yeah, to but the I'm, bit. <laughs> but I'm actually out of Band-Aids, so I hope I don't get cut. Nice. Oh, as new as problem. That, that's all, yeah. But uh, about the off flavors and notes, I've heard that rubber from Brett or other notes, uh, like, like diacetyl, the movie popcorn butter thing, and DMS is the cooked or cream corn. Hmm aren't picked up by everyone that could also be part of it like some of the sours i have had i just don't pick that up right. uh but they can be stronger for those sensitive to it that might be where i'm where i actually have the problem is i just don't notice it so maybe, maybe i'm one of those that can't tell right. yeah it's really he goes he starts talking about uh hop notes being the same way right and yeah we've with tastings that we've done with casey privately it's been that it's really interesting in a blind tasting to to watch everyone judge, not really judge, but uh, talk about what we were picking up individually from these beers, and it'd be completely different across the board. Yeah. Especially me. <laughs> I always have the weirdest sense of smell and taste to everybody else. And Casey's like, huh, <laughs> every time. I'm like I always I I'm, don't get me in a representative sample for anything because I'm just gonna mess everything up. <laughs> I have no idea what's wrong with my nose. Um, mm. The last thing he mentions on the feedback thing is the discussion about when we talked about liquor being a different meaning for brewing, and he said it's it's more used for described spirits. It says if you like raw oysters, the natural oyster juice is also called liquor. Science. Okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. It's actually really cool to know. And we need to practice those science words. And I do agree, Brian. Like, But you have wrong. a few, and you get into this. Uh, yeah, we should probably just yeah. like Google Translate everything just to hear it or something. Some of them no. don't come up, though. When, like Some of them don't play back for whatever reason, oddly enough. Yeah, the, uh, I don't know. Like, I, When it comes to... to well, it's difficult to read science words and drink. That's that's the gist of what I'm trying to get to. Right, because by the time we get to that, we're already we already started a buzz. Let's be serious. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm trying to be good that day, and I'm only in like one beer. But usually, I'm on beer two or three. See, we would have had a good excuse this episode because we're definitely good and buzzed at this point from the earlier day today at Braxton. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Do we? Speaking of which, do we want to get into what we're drinking? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Drink with me, friend. All right. Uh, so what are you guys drinking? Because yeah, we are drinking the same thing. We found actually the perfect beer to celebrate a multitude of things. Uh, the episode, which is uh, barrel-aged beers. And also we are coming into, well, by the time you all are listening to this, it's Cincinnati Beer Week. 
So Which we don't have a badge for, and I'm a little resentful about, but yeah, whatever. It's fine. Untap it and give us a badge. Kind of kind of butthurt on that one. <laughs> Everybody else has a beer week badge, but whatever. It's fine. But um, anyway, we found a way to celebrate both things at once. So we're drinking. Um, it's one of the pint bottles we got from Listerman last weekend. It is the Cary Ale, but it's the barrel-aged version. So they have a regular version, and then they have the barrel-aged it's an American blonde ale that's aged in bourbon barrels. So it kind of goes against everything that we were saying earlier. Uh, <laughs> but the, the thing is, you can do lighter beers in bourbon barrels. It's just you're going to get the best the best uh, representation of what you can get from a bourbon barrel in the darker stuff. You're going to get a boozy burn on this, yeah. and it is there. Um, but this, I thought this was quite good. I got some, like, I don't know, almost butterscotch notes from it. But again, I have a weird taste. But yeah, it was. Uh, it's only coming in at five point five percent alcohol. Yeah, it's pretty average on ABB. Um, it, I didn't see an IBU listing or a rate beer score listing, and it, it may be because sometimes when you get into the variants of stuff, they don't always have it in all the places. Um, and actually, neither the ABV nor the IBUs um, is listed on the bottle at all. So I got all that from Untapped. But um, it does say it's American Blonde Ale Agent Bourbon Barrel, uh, Lizardman Brewing. Um, I was pretty happy with it. Again, I so far <laughs> we haven't had anything from Lizardman that wasn't like perfectly drinkable and like yeah, I would totally drink that again. I'm really getting. I like it. There is a bit of a booziness to it, but it, it doesn't have a high alcohol content. Yeah. It's very. It kind of throws you off. It also has the those woody notes like we were talking about earlier. Which is really interesting in a blonde ale. Yeah, and I think that's that's what's bringing it out is the fact that this is a blonde ale, and you aren't expecting it, and it like there's so, there are a lot more flavors than you're used to going on in a blonde, so it really it sticks out like a sore thumb. Not I won't say sore thumb. That is not a good way to describe it. It is a, it's very pleasant because sticks you're, out sticks out like a. Like a well-massaged thumb. Yes. <laughs> a well-massaged thumb used to working a joystick. Indeed. But yeah, no, uh, it's, things it's, got it's weird, really so moving on. Yeah, It's really good, and um, if anyone is ever in Cincinnati, I would highly recommend going to Listerman. I, I don't think anything you get would be bad. I, yeah. Most things that they have... I mean, we tried two flights, and, and you know, plus now this, this pint here... And we tried to get something different for all of it, just to make sure we're trying everything as we can, as much as we can. Not a bad thing in the bunch. Like just, just do it if you're ever in the area. Totally worth it. Anyway, right. what are you drinking? Uh, well, I uh, broke into my to my treasure hold uh, for the bourbon bar- for the barrel aged episode and pulled out the KBS. Mm. Talked about it before. We know how delicious it is. We know how creamy, how vanilla, how boozy and how wonderful it is i don't know if i have to talk too much about it we do know it's got a rate beer score of 100 ibu around 70 i think and uh i can't remember if i've got the 12 point whatever percent or if i've got it'll be the 12 the bottles were the 12 uh they had the dialed anything under 12 are the the special ones they did for states that don't allow that high of a percentage right so it's the 12.4 percent which yeah, I, I I love this beer, and like the second I opened it up and took a drink of it, I was like, oh, why have I tried to hold off this long? It's so good. I've and been now, fighting you... with myself on the ones we have in there. I'm like, man, I want to break some out. 
Now, was yours in the fridge the whole time, or is it one of the ones you've been um, placing I, aside? I, I tried aging some of them, but then I had to move some into the fridge because mm, the apartment okay. became like a thousand degrees. Right, right. Okay. Um, and at that point, I gave up. I was like, all right, screw it. We're going to have to drink these. <laughs> but I, 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 it, I'm, I have to fight that urge sometimes because I, I, I want to try to save some for like if someone comes over. Like, all right, guys, time to try something delicious. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we're and we're saving some of ours for our beers giving event to some right. degree. So, but as uh, to be noted, uh, they are not the best to cook with. No, no. <laughs> uh, I had a had a friend up. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna cook today. We're gonna get some get some beer to cook with." Which and he looks over like, "What you got in the fridge?" I got KBS right now. I don't think you want to cook chicken with KBS. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, that'd be some damn good chicken though. Ooh. He's like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, instead, I bought like a twelve pack of Fat Tire, and we the, may have polished off most of that. It was, uh, it was the most of a single beer I've had in my fridge in the longest time. Uh, you can't go wrong with that one, though. No, you can't. If you're going to get a full six pack of something, especially from New Belgium, Fat Tire or Citradelic, you're pretty much good. Yeah. All right. So I think that about covers what we're drinking. Yeah, I don't think we have any announcements, do we? Um, well, I'd like to announce my candidacy for president. He's running on the platform of everyone gets a beer. Or barrel-age all the things. A six-pack in every fridge. (laughs) I'd vote for that, man. I run on the platform of, I'm drunk, you're drunk, everybody's (laughs) drunk. Uh, no, we can't. Uh, we're going to do a bonus episode. If you're hearing this, you've probably already seen it in your podcatcher on iTunes. Oh, there's a little bonus episode right there. Yeah, we don't know when you listen. Yeah. I'm not going to judge. You listen when you listen. It's whatever. Maybe, maybe you're listening from the far future, in which case, sup, alien overlords. Yeah. <laughs> How goes it? How'd we do? Do we do good? Uh, no, probably we're going to do, <laughs> do a bonus not. episode because Casey went to the National Home Brewers Convention and he's going to report back everything that went on there. We've only he's only given us brief texts about everything that was going on there. Yeah. I'm dying to learn about what happened, uh, but Casey's going to be our our uh, reporter in the field. I went I went last year to the to the one up in Grand Rapids, and I was a little bit jealous that he got to, he like he went to the one in Baltimore, but then I also got to meet Justin Robert Young, and he didn't. So right, right. And you all are up on your (laughs) your meeting of uh, Brian Brushwood. They they have a competition going, for anyone who doesn't know, about where, like, random places in the wild they'll run into Schwood. And it's just back and forth with them. It's pretty funny. You say random. I saw him at a convention we knew he was going to, and Casey went to one of his magic shows. Okay, but it's still, you all finding him. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Schwood may have had a picture i may have taken a picture with brian brushwood of us flipping off casey metaphorically since i got a picture and he wasn't there yeah. but anyway <laughs> all right let's wrap this one up all right um yeah so be sure to look for that episode and remember to check us out at haveadrinkshow.com where you can find each of our respected our respective untapped profiles and I, the my, my untapped profile is very respected yeah, I, hey, I'm land of the free level 50 now, so it's good. Okay, be. I'm not that respected. <laughs> um, and you have a problem. I No, that's, yeah. That's, no, that's quick into our sign-off. I didn't bring this up earlier. I got comp drinks at <laughs> Braxton tonight. You don't even know. <laughs> there might be a problem. 
it's this it's this this bartender that we just like oh like oh hey and well it's okay i, I will say always we, shake his hand like a vigorous strong handshake like oh man it's good to see you and then like i just got the one beer and he goes don't worry man it's on me <laughs> i'm like i have a problem it just like dawned on me right it's like I have a drinking problem. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not we. It's, it's totally him. Like I've he's seen like the bartender has seen me with Chris before, but it's definitely all him. I mean, let's be, let's be real, you know. Uh, but yeah, that totally happened tonight. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, anyway, so what were those show links? Where they find that? What were so, they? Uh, look for Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, Google Plus, and Facebook. Although we really haven't been keeping up with the Google Plus that much, but um, those links can also be found on the website. And uh, speaking of the feedback we had earlier, if you would like to tell us your favorite drink, ask us a question, or just leave some general feedback that would help us out in, you know, more learning, you can email us at feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the form on the website on the feedback page to do the same thing. You could even just tell us a story. Like, email us with bizarre things. I don't care. Yeah. Just relate it to beer somehow, and we'll read it. Pretty much. I mean, say someone you within your line of sight drank a beer. All right. I mean, it could be, you know, he said, hold my beer. And then yeah. went and did something really crazy. And then proceeded to wrestle a greased pig for the <laughs> WWE championship belt. Anyway, as always, Holy? we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Lynn Peralta for the album art. Uh, they both have done fantastic work uh, and continue to still do as well, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> and you can find links to their stuff on the episode page on the site. And remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher, and please rate us on iTunes. Uh, you can find uh, links to subscribe uh, are on the site. All right. Uh, check us out in another couple of weeks after the special episode coming up and the one-off thing. And uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.